Today is October 9th. The postseason games are being played, but not in the Berg. And hey, we got the guys from the 412 Double Play podcast on today to talk about the upcoming offseason. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Let's go. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake and also Michael and Ed from the 412 Double Play podcast. What's up guys? What's going on hey, man? man? Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us on. So uh, Michael sent me a message a few weeks ago, said, hey, Let's combine, let's do a, a, a recap of the 2023 season, looking ahead to the offseason, all that stuff. So that's what we're doing. We just, uh, we just, th- these aren't in order. You can, you can listen to them in any order you want, but we just finished recording their side of it where we do the, the recap. So if you want to hear another uh, more in-depth than what we've done so far recap of the 2023 season, that's where to find it. Um, Because that's what we did uh, just moments ago. So when you're finished listening to this one, jump over there, check that one out, and hear us all uh, talk about that. For this episode, we're going to be talking about going into the offseason, kind of our projections, predictions, and all of those sort of things. Um, I guess just a a looking forward to everything within the next few months. For when the... For when the... Off season actually starts, uh, Gary and Jim. Uh, <laughs> they called. They called me out. They were like saying about the offense or off, yeah, the off season offense, the off season. And they said, "I know it's not quite the off season." As Josh continues to remind us on their show, so I just had to say it again, just for the sake of of being called out for it. I gotta, I gotta be who I am. I guess right. I gotta be who I am. So I mean, gonna- unless you're Jake's wife, does it really matter right now? <laughs> well, she's down she's down uh oh one right now too big uh ronald mcdonald she might be uh cheering for a new team next spring i know hey we'll see man <laughs> i i i won't say that i'm rooting for the phillies but <laughs> it's too tough too hard man <laughs> all right so we're going to talk about the offseason roster um and we are going to talk about some needs of improvement and maybe have a little fun with pro- projections and predictions as we like to do here. I don't know how much of that you guys like to do uh, in particular, but we do the whole thing. We, 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 we try to predict everything and we are, lo- we love being wrong about things, I guess. Yeah, we're not good at it, <laughs> but we do it. <laughs> so I'm real bad at it. <laughs> um, Jake called for 20 home runs for Key Brian. What else? What was the crazy one that you had? Uh, let me look here. I do actually still have my notes sitting on my desk. He had a 2020 mess. season for Key. Yeah. I was pretty close to calling that too. So, yeah, I had Key, I had key leading the team in steals too, didn't I? Yeah. 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 That's all right. I think when he got thrown out a few extra times in April, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to shut it down. <laughs> So, all right, let's get into it then. Uh, 40-man roster right now. 
as it stands. So we were just like looking at all of Google, trying to find out when the dates actually are. So we don't know. Um, go follow Ethan Houlihan on Twitter and you'll find out or X, whatever. <laughs> and you'll find out, I'm sure, because I'm sure he knows. Uh, I I rely on Google and people writing articles about it, and so far they're not. Uh, but essentially, five days after the conclusion of the World Series, which we think, we've got to have it down to 40. And at that day, players come off the 60-day injured list, and we have, uh, what'd you say, five, Michael? Six? So technically, we've got seven, but Vince Velasquez and Andrew McCutcheon become free agents, so they're not uh, yeah. going to count towards Yeah, them. and they become free agents on the same day that they have to come off the 60 days. So so five uh, as it stands, and we're going to be at 45. Um, once we say McCutcheon and Velasquez become free agents on that day, we're going to be at 45 players on our 40-man roster. And... You know, we're going to have to not only is rule five coming if we're adding anybody for that, but we've got to get it down to 40. And quite frankly, people are going to have to go. So let's start with Ed, then we'll go to Michael, then we'll go to Jake. Just name one name that's gone. <laughs> name one, uh, Vinny Capra. Vinny Capra's off. All right, Michael. <laughs> uh, Thomas Hatch. Ooh. Okay, Jake. One that I, I'm a little mixed opinions about, but I think Andujar's gone. Yeah. So Andujar, um, MLB Trade Rumors put out their projected salaries for the offseason for arbitration-eligible players. Ryan Barucki is uh, projected at $1.3 million. Mitch Keller at $6 million. JT Brubaker at $2.28 million, which is the same as he made last year, and since he didn't play, that's it's likely that he repeats that. David Bednar, $4.7 million, and Connor Joe, $2 million. And then Andujar, $2.2 million is a projected arbitration number for him. If that's his arbitration number, I mean, I think that's, I, Jake, what you say, and I know that you say you're mixed. I'm absolutely not mixed, <laughs> but... The only reason I say I'm mixed is because of, uh, of Miguel Andujar. I mean, $2.2 million is not going to get done. You're gone. Yeah, but I, I I don't I don't hate or love seeing him go. Does that make sense? I don't I don't hate I don't hate Andujar. <laughs> I don't I, hate I, hate, I would I I don't hate the player Miguel Andujar. I I hate the salary two point two million dollars. Yeah, for that player. And last year they agreed to terms before it got to that point. So do you see? I mean, like, could you even see that? Like, hey, how about we do another one million? And we keep you on the 40 man. Like I could see them doing that if they actually think he's worth sticking around. If he obviously, if he doesn't agree to it, they, they're going to, they're going to let him go. Um, yeah, I could see something like that. Maybe. Yeah. So the other guy that, that we talked about before this was Harleen Garcia, which at the same time we have to pick up options. Harleen Garcia has a $3.25 million option for next year uh, without pitching an inning. And uh, there's no buyout for that. So the question is, is he one of those uh, that's that's off this 40-man roster? Jake, you have a... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking about picking up an option. Can he even pick up a baseball? <laughs> I mean, for real, it's, right. there's no way you're picking that up. Yeah, and I think that's going to be one of the one of the first ones. I still don't know if, if there's a chance he 
signs the same sort of thing, maybe re-signs for a lesser amount. Um, but I think that's pretty, I think what they would do is just decline that and get it down to 40 and then still negotiate with him while other teams are as well. I think they're willing to, to miss out on that. Michael Thomas Hatch, minimum, minimum salary guy going into next year. Just not enough, not enough there. I think he's kind of in that dime a dozen reliever role where uh, I don't have his stats up in front of me, but I'll go ahead and pull that up. It, when he was pitching, he wasn't doing well. He got optioned to the to Indianapolis, I think, in August and didn't come back, even when rosters expanded, even when we had some inefficiency in the bullpen. I just don't see a, a place for him when there's options for them to get someone else. 4.08 ERA in nine, uh, 18 games, 28.2 innings little under a strikeout in an inning and his whip. I mean, whip's not everything, but 1.57 whip for a reliever. He's 29. He, he can go somewhere else. Um, so uh, I have a couple more. Let's do it. Um, let's do it based on maybe outfielders, right? So Ed, I'll start with you. Uh, we have Connor Joe. I mean, you can throw Miguel Andujar in there, but I think we've already kind of discussed that, but Connor Joe, Josh Palacios, uh, do you see this team carrying both of those beyond that day? Uh, probably not both of them. I feel like if they're going to carry one, it'll be Joe, and Palacios will probably get the get the boot. Yeah, I think I'd lean that way there. Um, there's some of Palacios where if he could be a bench guy on your team, I mean, I see value there. That Certainly not as an everyday starter, but man, he had a flair for the dramatic. But I think Connor Joe ultimately – Gives you more value day in and day out. Um, 31 doubles this year, which was tied for the team lead, I think. I think him and Reynolds and Hayes all had 31. Is that right? I have it. Hang on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Tied for the team lead, those three players. So, like, there's something there. And obviously, that's a lot of, you know, that's 133 games, uh, which ideally he wouldn't get. But on a smaller sample, I think he can even... I think he can put up those or better numbers uh, without being overexposed. With Sawinski there, a left-handed bat, Bay, who could possibly play outfield uh, or who does play outfield, a left-handed bat, even Smith and Jigba still having him around at some point, uh, unless anybody wants to butt in and say Smith and Jigba's off this roster too. <laughs> um, then I just, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't see Palacios making it past that day. And then uh, moving to the infield, Alika Williams, Alfonso Rivas. I know they don't play the same position, but those are two other guys who I think at least deserve some consideration on on what we think there. Jake, any thoughts on either of those or both of them? Uh, I will say both of them have options, so it's not like you're you're like oh, but I don't you know we have to put him on the on the active roster if we keep him. Like we don't. They've got options. Yeah, but we also need room, and, and I, I see both of them gone because you got plenty of guys that can play both of those positions on the roster. Yeah. I, I would venture to say that Rivas probably has a better chance, or I guess you can say worse chance, of staying. You don't have a better chance of being dropped, right? <laughs> that, that doesn't <laughs> exist. But you have a worse chance of staying early, where Alika, I think if they get it down to 40, he's the guy that stays there 
until they need to, whether it's whether it's even adding a rule five guy or whether it's a free agent coming in. I thought about the same for Palacios, like, well, maybe we'd keep a hold of him until if they sign a center fielder or a right fielder. Um, maybe that is McCutcheon later on. Maybe, you know what I mean? It's like that we all believe that that McCutcheon will be re-signed, right? Does anybody not believe that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> are the birds. Okay. We believe he will be re-signed. Uh, I said last week on our show last week that I think that they will really slow roll that because of this reason, because of the 40-man guys and how many decisions they have to make right now. You'd have to cut ties with somebody early that – maybe you could have used in some sort of trade as a throw-in player. Somebody like Alika Williams, somebody like, I think Connor Joe might be, and I'm maybe speaking out of turn here, but might be the most tradable player that we have on this roster That's that, that makes sense. As far as value, I, I just don't know. Like it, trading Nick Gonzalez to somebody, they're going to be like, yeah, but uh, we don't really... You know what I mean? Do they even believe in him yet? I don't know. But you know who Connor Joe is, and you'd probably give up something for it. Where these other guys, you know, I just, I don't know. There's questions that I have. I don't know what role they're going to end up playing. So, um, and like I said, I might be speaking out of turn there. I don't know about that one. So we'll brush by that. So that's five guys there. Was there anybody else that kind of, that I didn't mention that, that sticks out. I know that like bullpen arms are so dime a dozen. Um, Tom, you know, you said that about Thomas Hatch, and it's like that is so true. Bailey Falter, uh, even like Yuri De Los Santos, like where are we at there? Because is he out of options yet? I, I don't know, but I think it's getting close. I'm looking now. No, he's still good. Um, Andre he only used one option this year. Right. So Andre Jackson and Rowanzi Contreras are out of options. Oh, you know what? Thomas Hatch is out of options. So that is actually, that's a no-brainer. Angel Perdomo, out of options. Bailey Falter, out of options. Which Bailey Falter, to me, would have been that guy where I'd be like, yeah, put him in AAA, and he can be help if we have injuries. But now I'm starting to, well, if he's out of options, why not just option or DFA him to the minor leagues now? See if anybody takes him. If they do, you at least have time to replace that, that player like that body, you know what I mean? With a minor mm-hmm. league signing or something. Is there any any different beliefs on Bailey Falter? I don't know what he is long-term. And I think he kind of alternated good and bad starts. I'm more a believer in what Perdomo can do because he showed when he was healthy that he can be a shutdown southpaw out of the pen. And if you look at his analytics, he's at or near the top in a lot of like spin rate, and extension because he's six foot eight. Yeah. Like a lot of the perceived velocity is so much higher because of how far he's able to go with his arm. And that does a lot for him and deception for hitters. So I think there's that intrinsic value. I'd be more inclined to keep him than someone like Falter. And not to mention that Andre Jackson, another guy without options, those are your like starter slash uh, Jake's favorite word, bulk guys who really, you know, what we used to call a long man, you know what I mean? If, 
if you have an opener or if you <laughs> or if somebody gets hurt early, they're the guys that are going to give you three, four innings. You you can't carry both him and Falter. On your show, we did the we did the month by month recap, and one of the notes I had for April, March, and April is that Rodolfo Castro played all but one game in that stretch, uh, along with some others, and Hayes played them all in that twenty to eight run, and uh, and he played in twenty seven games, and then just to get rid of him for Bailey Falter still still surprises me. But he's not on the roster, so we don't have to talk about him. <laughs> and and quite frankly, moving forward, uh, I would think that maybe Bailey Falter is not on the roster either. And, and it might be just one of those uh, DFA him. If somebody takes him, they do. If not, we'll keep him in AAA and if we need him. I think they won't just release him. I think if he's a, if he sticks, he'll stick. See what they can get. Yep. Is there anybody else uh, in that group of anyone? So we 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 brought them up. I don't really think that there is. I mean, Colin Selby's got options. Is anybody like excited about Colin Selby right now? Uh, we talked to Craig <laughs> Toth a couple weeks ago about Selby and how he was called up too early. Yeah, he's got a really good what? What is it? His like a splitter or a slider that has really high spin rate and worked well in the Arizona Fall League last year but he just couldn't locate anything this year. So I don't know if that is just a one-off, if maybe the the moment got too big for him being in the big leagues, what that holds for him going forward. He definitely needs to shift gears and try to get things figured out because what he was showing this season can't be who he is if he's going to have a major league career. But like you said, he has options. He can go right. back to the minors. Cody Bolton's another one. He, yeah, you have higher expectations than what he showed, but he's got options. So but he has options. Guys, and that's, yep, absolutely. Okay, so obviously there's enough guys there that this isn't going to be like, oh crap. This is when you get good. Sometimes you have to get rid of good players. Like we have guys we can get rid of. <laughs> there's there's room to grow. Um, with that. Um, one of the things that we're looking forward here is biggest needs for improvement going into this year. Coincidentally, in our in our episode that we recorded with you guys, we we both had bullpen options uh, as kind of a surprise that we were excited the way it was. Yet uh, here we are listing a bunch of bullpen arms that we'd be really willing to get rid of, which eliminates depth in the bullpen. Um, so I don't know if maybe even like we're talking biggest needs for improvement, pitching depth in general might be one of those things, despite the fact that we have some guys that we like, uh, more in the bullpen side of things than the rotation side. But why don't we talk about some of the biggest needs for improvement and and we can just kind of go around Jake, maybe start with you something that, you know, if you were just to name one, um, and then kind of go through and some, you know, where we need to improve in 2024. Our young guys, uh, just as a, as a group, the the young guys got to take that big step forward. And if we're going to make our our rebuild a success, similar to we we keep comparing it to the Orioles rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. If we're going to make that jump, our young guys, like their young guys, you got to take that step forward. And we were hoping to see that actually like happen kind of right away like theirs did, but it doesn't always play out that way. But take that big step forward this offseason coming into next year and just and, and be better. 
uh, you know, somebody, one of these young guys, take a hold of your role and go win a battle. Don't kind of have this position battle and just let it go. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good descriptor. <laughs> just, I, I feel like that's what happened this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to hear good analysis of things you got to go to these podcasts where guys use <laughs> as a descriptor for how somebody did like this is where the this is where the real stuff is guys <laughs> michael how about you we've got just the quality descriptors on this i think that the biggest need for improvement and and it's pretty obvious is that starting pitching yeah we need to have more depth and I think a lot of podcasts felt like they didn't properly address it coming into this season. I think that it looked like we had some options going into spring training, but then we just got hit with the injuries, losing Burroughs, losing Brubaker, Velasquez only lasted a month and change. Hill was mostly ineffective. Contreras and Ortiz were both very ineffective for large parts of the season. And that just destroyed the team because you only had Keller and Oviedo being able to handle two fifths of the games for most of the year. And they each went 30 plus starts and had, you know, sub four or five ERAs, but you need to have a little bit more standing. You need to take the, the opus off of the bullpen to handle that many innings in order to potentially contend like going back to what Jake was saying about the Orioles and us wanting to be like them, the Orioles haven't had a lot of free agent signings, have mostly depended on their internal development. Young guys like Kyle Bradish, Adley Rushman, um, the development of other players and, and some guys who have become veterans. That's pretty much the, the layout, the blueprint that the Pirates need to be trying to use to develop this talent. They just need some pitching, and we've got some younger guys who – hopefully can come up and excel. Priester needs to take a step forward. You got to hope guys like Paul Skeens is ready by midseason. Jared Jones, Burroughs might come back next year at some point. And some of the other ones like Salamito, eventually Bubba Chandler, you know, see what you've got from there. Jackson Wolf, our recent uh, acquisition from the Padres. Mm -hmm. He's got some potential. You, you, you just, you can't have enough pitching. And the problem is that, we did not have enough pitching. They got to go out and get at least two free agents who are going to be able to do something in this team. Yeah. Ed, what do you think? I think there's a huge lack of productive at bats, in my opinion, whether it be laying down a bunt to get a guy over, getting a stack fly, having advanced third or, you know, get a run striking out in huge situations. Saw that all year long. To me, it's like very fundamentally based but they also just lack the ability to do so. Yeah. So much frustration from the word that I can't think of. I talked about it with Bay when we were talking earlier about Bay. Discipline. Um, fundamentals. Those sort of things just seem to not be a part of any of our players. And I, and I don't know that that's necessarily just a Pittsburgh thing. I know that like nobody's bunning anymore. The analytics say that that bunning a guy over is giving up an out. Um, so they don't like it, but there's still a lot of baseball people 
who will tell you, well, you increase <laughs> you increase your chance of scoring one run, and they want to score two runs. And so, like, that's the difference. And I think sometimes one run does make that much of a difference. Um, and what analytics can never capture is what it does when you – what it does to the way that you feel, whether it's momentum, whether it's anything. I think sometimes doing your job, doing unselfish things like that, that goes a long way in, in, you know, in the rest of the players. But when none of them can do it, I, the, the, the problem I have there is are we going to push for that? You know, our players can't bunt, but are, is Derek Shelton ever going to ask him to do it? So many times he just doesn't, and I wonder if it's because they can't. Or if it, or if he just believes it's not worth it. Yeah, and if you, if you don't have the skill set to do something, you're not going to do it. You know what I mean? So if we're not good bunners across the board, then you're not going to bun a guy over. You're not going to try to have him do it because your odds are not good, and you may just end up with a guy on first and and one out yeah. because he bunted it right back to the pitcher and the pitcher threw it to second. <laughs> you know, and it didn't even get him over. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, and I think that probably leans into his point that if we got better at it, we could do it. Right. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah, um, for me, I, man, I, I really I, I like the way that, like, I was initially thinking, like, well, starting pitching, first base, center field, or, you know, whatever. But you guys got me thinking because, Jake, you went to specifically the younger players need to step up. Ed, you went to fundamentals and, you know, good at bats, things like that. It felt like... I felt like that they they wanted to have good at bats, but they weren't. <laughs> like it, it was one sided, right? We're taking too many pitches. That's not necessarily a good at bat. It's just a patient at bat, which sometimes gets you in trouble. Yeah, I, sometimes I just wonder what it is we're seeing in certain people to keep putting them in a in a situation that they're not succeeding in. Um, and I thought, like, you know, to use a bad example. Um, you know, we talked about Bay getting as many opportunities as he as he did, and I just can't figure out why none of those opportunities went to Nick Gonzalez at the point where he was doing so well in AAA. And even when he got called up, it was like it was different. Bay just seemed to get all of the opportunities. Um, but then on the other side, they did well with Dowry Moretta, where early when he was doing so well with with uh, inherited runners. Instead of saying, like, we're going to reward you by giving you more seven-inning appearance, seventh-inning and eighth-inning appearances, they kept putting him out there with guys on base excelling at what he was good at. If we could do more of that, uh, more of the situational uh, baseball, maybe there's something to that. And, and you know, the, Derek Shelton and his crew is all about developing a game plan and a lot of times sticking to it even – if it means we're making the wrong decision, you know, maybe having more of a game plan based around these sort of things. I don't know. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base there. Maybe they did do that. I had some different thoughts here and the thoughts that I had, you guys already said, so I was trying to come up with something. <laughs> Is that fair? <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. So with that said, and the needs for improvement, more speaking to, you know, kind of where I was uh, initially leaning Let's talk about some off-season predictions or projections and all that stuff. And so, uh, Michael, when you and I were were messaging about what we wanted to do and what we wanted to cover, you'd sent this list. And so I'm going to base it off of that from what you initially sent. 
Um, and, and we'll go around. There's, there's a guy that you want the team to sign, um, a guy you want the team to trade for, and then a guy you think a team will acquire. And we're going to leave McCutcheon out of this, I think, um, because I think that's, like we said earlier, we had the birds when I said, does anybody think anything different? So um, we'll leave McCutcheon out of this. <laughs> but I want to kind of go like a step further here uh, in the first one. We'll get it out of the way. You know, uh, instead of just saying you want them to sign, let's make it a little more uh, realistic, but maybe um, far-fetched to a point where you could say like, I, I really want them to get this guy. Even if you think they won't, you really want them to go get this guy. Obviously you're not going to say Otani. That's, that's ridiculous and impossible in my opinion. But like, what is, what is a, what is a guy that you would want the team to target in free agency specifically uh, going into this off season? And Mike, well, I'll go ahead and start with you on this one. Uh, so free agency, I just went with a relief pitcher and my main target was to get a left-handed pitcher. And I went with Brent Suter. So among pitchers, minimum 150 plate appearances this past season, he had the second lowest average exit velocity and was in the 88th percentile for XERA, 97th percentile for barrel percentage, and 99th in hard hit percentage. Uh, he's previously with the Brewers, was with the Rockies this year, wasn't affected by the altitude, and has just been a shutdown pitcher, not just a loogie. He's able to get out lefties and righties equally well mm. so if they're looking to add another left-handed pitcher if they don't keep Perdomo and don't keep Harlan Garcia and Jose Hernandez maybe the tail off at the end of the season wasn't just by attrition is really something that they need to keep an eye on having Suter in there I think could really be a, a big crucial piece to the bullpen along with Barucki like you'd have two solid lefties there yeah yeah, that's good. So Perdomo and Barucki would be the two that are without options. Jose Hernandez, obviously, with being a Rule 5, has has all of them. So I think he would be more apt to be your depth and and maybe Perdomo uh, or Barucki if it's if they're if they're being cheap. Um, <laughs> then, you know, they they go with one of those guys on their way out or carry three, which they did for part of this season. So, I mean, that's that's possible as well. Yeah, I've, I hadn't even thought of that. I haven't even, because of the fact that that I have liked what I've seen. I hadn't even I haven't even thought of that. So, um, Ed, you got a you got a free agent out there you'd like him to target? Yeah, I'm gonna stay with Mike in the pitching side, but I'm gonna go with the starter. I'd like him to go after Sonny Gray. Yes, I think he can slide right in as number two or number three spot in the rotation for me. Seems to be more successful in the smaller market teams. Yeah. In New York, he struggled a lot, but there's just players that cannot play in those markets. He's probably one of them. Yeah, that's that's great. And uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you not on the video side, I I clapped, literally clapped, because <laughs> I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Jake, what do you got? Um, so uh, you you can't help but stay on the in the in the pitching side of things, right? I mean, there's that that are, we're doing the realistic ones right now. Is that where we're at? Well, I think trying to, yeah, I'm trying to just, this is free agent. You're going after them. I know, like Michael's definitely was realistic, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I feel like both of them. Sonny Gray realistic, was realistic. So. I think 
Gray's going to be a stretch. He's going to get a qualifying offer, and I don't think Pirates are going to go for it, but yep. he'd be a, a great pool. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking through the list, too, because, I mean, there's not a ton out there, but I, I wouldn't mind taking a chance on, like, Jack Flaherty. Oh. I think Jack Flaherty's still, he's 28 or 29 years old. Just had some really good years in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got hit with that injury. Hasn't quite been the same since, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to return to that. And he could return to that over this offseason. You know what I'm saying? Give, give, give him that time to re- recuperate and, and fully get recovered from everything. And it could be a, it could be a good signing for us. You know, and you could slide him in the same role as a, a Sonny Gray if he can return to form. You're, you know, you're talking about a number two, number three guy. Uh, I think maybe down the road, yeah. And I don't, I don't say that to disagree with you, but the the difference because I could see Sonny Gray and Jack Flaherty. I mean, I could see that as being if it, going out and getting Sonny Gray doesn't mean. I mean, we have two starting pitchers, in my opinion. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now Rowanzi's going to get a chance. But he's going to have to prove that even in spring training. I'm not going in to spring training saying, well, Rowanzi doesn't have any options, so he's our number five. We only need – well, you still would need two. Uh, but, like, I'm not even I'm not even there. And Quinn Priester and all these guys, like, it, for sure. I, I, I think a dynamic – and this is me moving into mine. And, I mean, I would double down on, on both of those. Uh, I, I mean, getting a guy like a Sonny Gray – and I'm going to name my other two, and that is Jordan Montgomery and Aaron Nola. Now, Montgomery played for two teams. He will not get a qualifying offer. Uh, would not be eligible because he played for two teams. So there is a bonus there. But I also think that Jordan Montgomery, that money's going to keep going up and up and up. And, I mean, I think this is where the Pirates are and what they need to do. And... Sonny Gray, you're probably going... I think my biggest fear with Sonny Gray would be if he's chasing five years. If he's chasing five years, he's 34 going into next year. If I could get him on a two-year deal, big big AAV, that would be more ideal for someone like that. Um, but an Aaron Nola or a, or a Jordan Montgomery, like I'm going five years there. I'll give him $100 million. They're likely both to decline the qualifying offer and then probably make the same money, just more guaranteed over the course of more years. I would go with either one of them. I, I'm a big Aaron Nola believer. I think this year was, I think you'll see in the postseason too. And if this team is planning on winning, then I think going after somebody like that, just one of those three. And then secondary, a guy like Jack Flaherty or, you know, a Vince Velasquez type guy. Even though Flaherty's had more success in the in the past, I think signing one of these guys who's been who's had a rough year uh to to eat innings early, maybe that is Velasquez. I mean, maybe they go back there. But it has to be somebody who uh has something to prove. And that's just because we do have young pitching who could push them out of the way. We do have, you know, I I don't know how, I don't know about like Brubaker and how soon these guys are going to be back and what kind of impact they could make, but even a, a situation where it's Brubaker or Mike Burrows that are kind of coming in, and if you have a guy like that who's struggling, but I I believe that this team needs to make a statement 
and go after one of these guys. I don't know. Maybe that's your first step of, of competing. Imagine what it does for your guys when you say, oh, yeah, they believe in us now. You know what I mean? Right. One guy you want the team to trade for. And I'll go first on this one. I'm bowing out. I'm going to leave this for you guys. I don't <laughs> I don't think in the way of trades, uh, uh, but I, I just I don't think that way. And uh, I will say I will say this as my as my cop out. You see the graph, the 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 how they were built graph that goes out for the postseason. Jim Stan put it up uh, a couple of days ago. If any of you are are following him, and he basically said like, "What do you guys think?" And I saw people saying, "Trade your prospects," and I'm like, "You look at the teams that have a bunch of trades. They didn't trade their prospects. The Tampa Bay has 16 trades to make this roster. Guess what? They didn't trade prospects to get those players. They traded." expensive players to get those prospects and then brought them up. And that's the same thing that Baltimore did and the same thing that, that Miami did and the same thing that, you know, unfortunately, and it sucks for people who like to have long tenured players. When players get expensive, you deal them for more players that you then have to, I mean, we're already there. We're already doing this. And you know, that's the big thing. Like Cruz came in a trade. Sawinski came in a trade. Reynolds came in a trade. Oviedo, Bednar, Holderman, Moretta, Joe, Marcano, Andy, Alika, CSN. Like we're already doing this. We're already trading to get a to get a roster. Uh, but unfortunately, it's more trading away than trading for. And I don't want to trade away from our good players right now because I think this is when you don't. But I don't know as much about who's available in trades. So. Please have at it because I'd love for someone here to convince me wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not too far away from where you stand as well. I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody who's out there that I just would just love to have on this team so bad that I'd be willing to give up what we're working on, okay. what we're building. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think we should make any big splash trades. Okay, so here's the thing. Me and Jake are holding that sign that says the Pirates shouldn't trade away their young players. Prove me wrong. <laughs> you, see, <laughs> you see the guy sitting there. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, I'll jump in on this one. I think that the free agent market right now for first baseman is as sparse as it's ever been. And their best potential for getting someone who will be able to hold that role for the foreseeable future is via trade. And before Alonzo signed up with Boris, I thought, oh, well, you know, Mets are looking to regroup. Maybe they'll trade him. And that's Doesn't all we have for like this week. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so no. So I went West coast and uh, the giants, they've got a difficult division. They just uh, fired their manager I'm thinking they might look to start getting rid of guys who are going to be free agents in the next few years and uh, boosting up that farm system. So I'm looking at Lamont Wade Jr. He tied for 10th highest XOBP in MLB among qualified hitters, above average whiff and strikeout rates, elite walk and chase rates, 7th highest walk percentage overall. Uh, it's his first full season at first base. He's played some outfield, so it was a little bit shaky. Uh, he's coming from San Francisco, so he's used to spacious, beautiful ballparks on the water. 
could fit in well with the young core. <laughs> He's got two more years of arbitration and only made $1.375 million in 2023. So likely we'll only be looking to get maybe like, I, I forget what uh, MOB trade rumor said, but it was something like 2.5 or 3 million that he'd be looking to get in 24. Definitely affordable for what the team would be expecting from, you know, a corner infield position. Yeah. 3.3 million is what they have him projected at. Yeah. So I don't think he would be super expensive. And I think we can trade some younger guys like uh, a Swaro or uh, like someone who's in like low A or hmm. even in like DSL sort of thing, like two or three of those guys. Hmm. I can't say like specifically who. I'm terrible at that. I don't think anyone's good at it. Yeah. Who's not in the know. Well, it depends on what they like. I, you know I, what I mean? But he's got two years of control left. It's going to get us, us somebody who's going to be in the position for that time. And the Giants would be able to get some high upside young players if we go like low A or something like that. If they trade like a Lonnie White or something, I might be kicking myself in a year or two. But <laughs> yeah. we need to have a first baseman who's capable with the bat. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they should just go out and take Santana just because he wants to come back. He had some really shaky time here. Defense was great. Love the defense, but He's not going to play 162. He's probably not going to play 120 plus. He's going to be 37. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That that's fair. Uh, there are some some leadership qualities there that Santana brings along, and I know that a lot of people are are all about it. But to me, just to just to go one step further on the Santana thing, uh, I wouldn't be mad about it. But it's a one year patch, and this is this is it. You know, at least two. Right. And you know what I'm saying? So, and for a lot less, you would, you would assume. Um, yep. Uh, I mean, maybe just significant. I don't know how much less, I guess, probably half, you know, for, for one year. And then, you know, then you deal with the next year. But you're, uh, it's a good point. I didn't actually know he was playing a lot of first base. That was news to me. It's interesting. 116 games at first base this year for him. Ed, what do you what do you got to trade there? You gonna convince me? Because that was pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got nothing to convince you. I'm, I'm in, the same, in the same boat as you guys. Okay. Yeah, I I think it'd be interesting. I I do think Reese Hoskins is out there too. Go after him. He's I'm gonna not, have a qualifying offer, probably. You think you think so? I think the Phillies are gonna. If they offer him offer a qualifying it, offer, he will sign it. Probably. He'll take. And then they'll it. be like, okay, well, we've got you healthy for next year. Yep. Because the thing is, if he didn't get injured in spring training, he yeah. probably would have had a strong season. Yeah. And unless they think Harper's going to be their long-term first baseman, it's not going to happen. Yeah, if they offer nope, it gonna, to him, they're going to look for it. They're going to have to be prepared to pay it because he'll accept it to use it as a prove-it deal. Because I don't know that he gets twenty million AAV if he goes into free agency right now, coming off of an injury like that. I I don't know. I think teams are going to want to see it first. But maybe not. Um, okay, so let's go on to a little prediction. And and Kutch does not work. And I'll even say, I mean, you put in here Santana, so I'm going to say the same thing. Unless you've got nothing else and you say, well, I don't want him to really sign Santana, but I think they will. One guy that you think the team will acquire. So this is free agency or trade. 
Um, Ed, we'll go in backwards order here and start with you. Okay. He's like, jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I like like getting out of the way early. That's good. Uh, Someone I was looking at that I feel like would fit in with what the Pirates have done in the recent past is uh, Luis Severino. Coming off of the rough year, probably be a fairly cheap option. Almost signed like a prove-me deal. Obviously, he needs to start pitching. So, for me, he falls in line and checks all the boxes for that. Yeah, kind of like what uh, what Jake was saying about Flaherty. Kind of that same, you know, same sort of thing. Michael? Um, so, this would obviously be a big reach, but because the White Sox are kind of in turmoil, if they decide they want to get rid of their all-star center fielder, I would not be opposed to taking him off their hands, Luis Robert Jr. Mm. Like 857 OPS. He's got a couple more years of control, gives us another outfielder. I don't think he's like super in center, but capable. Oh, actually, he won a gold glove in 2020. I was going to say. That doesn't, that barely yeah, counts. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's good. 2020 is, is a really interesting year, but uh, basically it's there. Yeah. So he does have a gold glove. He's got that little Rawlings on his his glove. Um, immediately cements center field. You don't have to worry about Bay. Sawinski mm-hmm. can shift more comfortably over to right field. Mm-hmm. And you've got an established bat. He's also got some speed. What does he have? 20. He went 20 for 24 in stolen base attempts last season. So you basically have the amount of stolen bases you get from Bay, but with way better success rate. And, and, and a killer bat. 38, 38 home, home runs. runs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bay had what? Seven? Uh, Bay had two. Bay had two? Bay had okay, two. So In the first week of the season, it felt like. <laughs> and yeah. And then never hit another he had one. Because he had a walk-off against, yeah. what was that, the White Sox? And he had the one in Boston that was a home run in three parks. <laughs> yeah. So and and it, like Andy or, can't bunt. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to it, Yark's having a field day with this. He's like, yes, yes, the Bay nonsense is over. So you think that um, this is somebody that that you think uh, they will like on on a scale of? No, like, you were saying dream. This uh, on this a scale is your of dream one to hundred okay. on likelihood. Okay. Likelihood would be like a three. I because got it. I. <laughs> We've got the prospects we could ten, technically make it happen. And the White Sox are not, they're kind of, like I said, in turmoil. If they're looking to completely shift gears and offload anything they can, maybe that's the kind of move that they want to make. Like they traded Jake Berger for nothing at the deadline to the Marlins. Mm. And he's done nothing but rake since he got down there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to get rid of Robert for you know, a couple really low minor leaguers who might not amount to anything. Yep. Potential free agent in 26 with a $2 million buyout in 26 and 27, 20 million. If you, if you pick up the option. So. And those are going to be years where we're paying next to nothing to Reynolds and Hayes on their long contracts. So, yep. But we don't know how much we're going to be paying Aaron Nola or Sonny Gray. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or Reese Hoskins. So <laughs> we don't know <Yeah>. yet. <laughs> Jake, you have anybody there that uh, on your list there? I mean, not really. I didn't have a whole lot of time to to really dig and into here this. Comes stuff the excuses, with... guys. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but like you, you convinced me that would that would be a a trade I'd be willing to part ways with some guys for for sure. Um, that that's definitely a good a good call out. See, mine mine would have probably been like like a like a Jordan Montgomery, but you, we've already touched on we've it. Already, yeah, went down that path. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I think that's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good place to be. Now we're all going to. Uh, double down on these or we're going to back off on them in weeks to come. So if you're, if you're new to our podcast, you know, you don't blow us off saying they said, they, they said this, come back and hear how we change. And if you're new to the four, one, two double play, it's the same thing. They're going to say, wow, I said this and I was way off. It's fine. It's fine. We, you know, we're all human. And so the idea is that you keep coming back and we keep being part of the discussion. Um, so 412 Double Play Podcast, how's everybody go and listen to that? You can check us out on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, pretty much on all different platforms. We don't do video because Ed doesn't shave enough for it. But um, <laughs> audio only, easy enough. <laughs> listen to it when you're in the, in the car. Fits in well work. here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, four one two double play podcast. That's awesome, and and uh, they're all year round, right? It's not a seasonal thing. You guys are you guys are rolling through the off season and everything. We're going into the off season. We did every other week last off season, but now we're going to try to include some guests in talks with a former manager to talk with uh, to have on the on the podcast after the season ends. That's awesome. After the off season ends. Sorry, Jim and Gary. <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh go check it out guys it's very good and and during season i i said this to you before uh, your recaps are uh, i i told jake one time during the year i was like listen if people want recaps they can go listen to 412 i you know we just need to 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 blow over these things um uh you guys do a great job and uh thanks for bringing this up and having uh, like doing this with us i i think this is a good time good time to kind of share the uh the thoughts and ideas with you know with other podcasts and we've done that a little bit with uh, the fan forum that's been that's been really cool and so it's good to to branch out and kind of connect with each other it's really cool so thank you because you you started this so i appreciate it yeah thanks for hosting it jake you got anything to close it out here uh, I'm just going to say I think first base is going to be interesting this offseason. I can see a Carlos Santana reunion and uh, Triolo getting a lot of time at first base. Mm. Yeah, lots to talk about going forward. Um, and once again, if you've been with us for a while, um, no more Fridays episodes for uh, for the offseason for sure. So uh, just once a week here, video, audio, all of those things. Let's finish this thing up. We're good to, we're good to go. Ed, Michael, thank you guys again. Uh, from everybody here, let's hear a Let's Go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming, and let's go Bucks.